Previously on Modular. Bradley and Quinn delve into the dungeon that is the Dwarven Mine. After speaking with the twins, they decide to take care of a few pesky ochre jellies in hopes to gain a set of sending stones. Bradley accidentally ruined his mace that his father gifted to him, and he felt really sad about it. The duo attempted to steal a rather expensive-looking gem, but upon its removal, Bradley was seriously injured. Now his fate is in the tiny hands of his trusty sidekick, Quinn. My name is Thorn George. My name is Luke Job. And this is Modular. The podcast where we take you through the modules written by Wizards of the Coast for the 5th edition of Dungeons & Dragons. That's right. These are the pre-written stories made by the guys who made up D&D. We didn't write them, but we're here to run them for you. And why would we do that, Thorn? Well, Luke, maybe you're a DM who is thinking about running our particular campaign and you want to get a feel for how it plays out. Maybe you're a player who's already been in this particular campaign, and you want to reminisce on the good old days. Maybe you're relapsing from your addiction to tentacle porn, and you need something to pass the time. Uh, you should be warned. Each of our episodes will take on a part of these pre-written adventures. That means there are major spoilers for the key plot points of each story we are running. And Luke, there is another warning we should offer them. That's right, Thorn. Modular is not a podcast for children, as you just learned when your child started screaming at the mention of tentacorn. <laughs> it contains explicit language, as well as adult themes like sex, alcohol, drug use, traffic infractions, and tentacle porn. So please be aware of these not-so-kid-friendly themes. And actually, sorry, there's no tentacle porn in the podcast. I'm so sorry that we've said it so many times. There's none. There's none. Because if you're relapsing, this... No, there's none. Because because if you're relapsing, we want you to be safe here. We want you to be happy. So, anyway, without further ado, welcome to Modular and our Session 5 of Dragon Advice Spire Peak. you're fading in and out of consciousness and it's a whirlwind Quinn almost exhibits superhuman strength because you know as you're fading into consciousness he carries you back to the dwarves you watch as your own blood drips off of your face onto the ground behind you you feel a throbbing pain in your chest you get a a quick glance down, and your chest cavity has been ripped open. Jesus fucking Christ. You're dying, Bradley. The next bit is a whirlwind. Quinn has his hands wrapped around yours, and he says, 
I did a pretty bad job. If you die, Mr. Copper, and I'm in a world of trouble. Norbus, the, 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 the tougher brother, is working with bandages ever so quickly. He's staunching the blood. He's trying to save your life. Hold on! I don't want you to die! Get get to the light! Don't go to the darkness! Oh, don't walk! Stay with us! I don't know my terms! I'm a minor! Um, he's trying his hardest to keep you alive. You see off in the distance, Dazzlin, the other twin, saying, Oh, I told you! This, uh, I thought I could believe in these guys. He is panicking. He starts eating trash. He's the trash man! <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, all is calm. You open your eyes. Your entire chest is wrapped in bandages. You look up, and you see Quinn breathe a sigh of relief. Huh. Mr. Copper, are you all right? Can you hear me? Yes, I... Uh, I can hear you. Oh, I feel like I just got... Set on by a, a something with a fat ass. Oh yeah, your mom. <laughs> um. <laughs> Quinn leans in. Crying. Quinn leans in and he says, we, we really thought you were gone there for, for a second there, Mr. Copper. Uh, uh, oh, it's going to take more than a deadly explosion to get rid of me. I, I see that, and I'm glad for it, I tell you. I mean, you know, my job is is keeping you safe and alive, you know, so it would have been bad. Yes, you'd be a bit unemployed if I died, wouldn't you? <laughs> he he uh he says I I'd be in deep shit. Absolutely. Uh Mr. Copper, listen, um the dwarves are resting. I I think it's night time, but um you know I, I got D's and he, he holds up the sending stones and he says, you know, they were willing to give them to us regardless. Uh I don't know if you want to keep resting or you know, talk to them, maybe wake them from their sleep or what you want to do, but we took care of their jellies for them at least. We did. I, I believe we did a very good job there. Um, I'm not... I kind of just want to go back to town. I kind of just want to sleep on a bed, if that makes sense. Right, no, I mean, you're on a stone floor right now. Yeah. Yes, and I do have a a, 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 a huge gash uh, in my chest. He, um, he points to your face and he says, got a bit of a scar there, too. And he kind of, he holds up I'll say um, some piece of metal that you can kind of see a shady reflection in. And sure enough, bridge your nose, kind of carve down your cheek. Uh, there's like a there's like a four inch scar on your face. Uh, I'll look tougher for the ladies. Oh, it's not it's, a bad trade off. No, uh, it's kind of badass. I mean, you know, is that, if that was an inch higher, you would have lost an eye, Mr. Copper. So honestly... <laughs> Oh, oh, that would have been bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So all in all, I mean, you turned out all right. You know, how do you feel? I guess the existential dread hasn't quite sunk in yet. 
Right, right, that you almost died. Yeah. Yes, that I almost died. That I almost Um, witnessed you die. My religion doesn't really have an afterlife. Mm, Right. My gods are more just folk, like like heroes, like folk tales. Um, so So I'm not entirely certain what happens after death. Right, right. So I try not to think about it. Um, so I don't think I'm going to think about it now. Perfect. No, that, that's great. Uh, in game wise, you've actually taken a long rest. You're back up to full HP. Okay. Cool. Um, cool, cool. Yeah. You. They. It was like, you know, midday when you got brought into them, and now now it's like late night. Damn. Uh, you I was and out that long. You were out a while. Holy shit. Quinn, uh, Quinn gathers your things for the two of you, and you start off, and um, you hear, uh, you hear, uh, you, your friend, your friend told me what what you did for, for us as far as bringing us that amulet, um, and he gave it to us. And what was your name again, Charlie? Yes, Charlie. Um, Charlie Silva. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, it, it was good to meet you, Mr. Silva, and, um, I mean, geez, uh, we won't, we won't, you know, catch the likes of you again, so, thanks a lot, and if you get a chance, if you see any Zentarum boys heading our way, tell them, uh, tell them, they're too late, yeah, Charlie Silva solved our problems for us. Oh, but, I will. Don't but then worry. actually, actually tell them to keep coming, because we we'll still need defenses in the mine as we're working, but, you know. Are maybe, there, mo- are there any more... Do you think there's any more dangers lurking within there? I mean, geez, you told us there's a dragon on the loose, you know? That is that is very true. I did tell you there was a dragon. Um, I have yet to encounter it myself, but it it, it, it led a manticore down from the mountains, so... Hmm. Well, we'll be on the lookout, and hopefully Zentarum will take care of us soon enough. Bradley, as you're starting to leave, make me a perception check, which... Don't make a joke about that was our last episode's theme. Okay, yeah, no, I'm never going to say again. Uh, my perception score, even if it goes up. Oh shit, mystery! <laughs> I got a natural one. <laughs> natural one. <laughs> Quinn nudges you and he says, "Mr. Copper, stop to chit chat. Somebody's coming." And it takes you a second, but you listen, and sure enough, it's the it's the beating of hooves. As horses approach. Horses? In this part of the country? Uh, I guess so, Mr. Cupper. I don't know. I mean, it could be any sort of hooved animal, but it sounds like they're coming our way. We must be... I I reach for my uh, mace out of instinct, and then I realize that it's not there, and I kind of pause for a second. And then I just pull my dagger out of my, you know, leg pocket that I keep my dagger in. Mm, ankle and dagger, I say, or is the thigh and I say, dagger? We must be, we must be on guard. It's a, it's a, it's a thigh dagger for sure. Thigh dagger, nice. The beating of the hooves nears and stops. You hear light commotion. Uh, Dazzling kind of nudges you. Mind if you, you, you go check that out, Mister Silva. I mean, you look tip top. You know, now that we saved your life and all, uh, just, just go check it out. And from hundreds of feet off, you hear, why, why are we even here? Well, we're scouting for a new home. You, you know that. 
What about the farm? That ranch? I mean, what about that? You know, that's the place to be. Not some stupid mine. Gil is looking there. We need to look here. We gotta, you know, uh, look at all the different places. I don't know the fancy words for it. We wouldn't need to look anywhere if we joined that cult, you know. Why would we do that? Because, you know, then we would have shelter in the forest. But then we'd have to stay. We'd have to help with those loonies and uh, their, their god. No, no, we need to stick with Gil and the others. Come on, let's go check it out. Hello! I call out to them. What business do you have here? Oh, fuck, Some, someone's in there. All right, go, grab, grab your axe, grab your axe. Um, you hear some commotion. You don't see anybody yet. Uh, Quinn holds up a lit torch to kind of shine a light, um, but you don't see anyone coming. I call out to them again, and I say, Look, we want no trouble. We just... What business do you have here? This is a private mining operation, and as the gods of said operation, it is our business to know what your business is. Do you want to get closer to the entrance of the mine? I don't, really. I kind of just want to be here. All right, I need another perception check. Another perception check. Yeah, DC 20. DC 20? Watch this. It's going to be a good one. It's not a good one. Mm-hmm. Comedic. It was a, it's a 10. You hear nothing. I'm going to give you to the count of five before I obliterate you unto oblivion. Come out and tell me who you are, or prepare to die swiftly. Oh, that's badass, Mr. Copper. Make me an intimidation One. check. Intimidation? Yeah. Okay, I'm picking another die. That was another nat one. Oh my god, yeah, flush it. Flush it, baby. Two. Three. Four. I don't... Did they hear me? Do you think they heard me? No, I no idea, Mr. Cropper. They might be deaf. You have a blind friend, right? I do have a blind friend. Well, he's got glaucoma. There are handicapable um, people all over this country. There are handicapable people, yes, you're correct. A javelin. Uh, taller than you. Flies out of the dark. It whizzes past you, past Quinn, past Dazzlin, and skitters to the ground. As someone just threw that at you. Alright, motherfucker. You look up, and now you can see kind of off in the distance, he he was disadvantaged at throwing. There are two large orcs up a hill and about a hundred feet away from you. And they say, uh, one of them calls out, They are mine now! <laughs> Go ahead and roll initiative. 22. 22, that's, that's huge. You'll be going first. 100 feet off, you see these bad guys. Two 
large orcs. Not half orcs, but orcs. Full orcs. Full-blooded. Big Looks boys. Looks like meat's back on the menu. Orcs? Exactly. Tusks. They got tusks, baby. Tusks. First thing is first. How far off from me did you say they were? 100 feet. 100 feet? Fuck. The farthest any of my ranges is 60 feet, so I'm going to have to move uh, 30 feet closer at least. So I'm just going to move up 30 feet. Is there like a a, a, a a stalactite or something or something like a stone pillar that I can hide behind? Maybe. Uh, I thought you were going to say try and shoot um, to like not I don't have anything to shoot with. Oh, yeah. OK, yeah. Um, there's there's all these ruins of the town that you remember seeing. When you first came in, like all these like kind of low walls and stuff, there's a there's a big pile of rubble you can hide behind. So I'll say you can get into cover. Okay, cool. I want to try and persuade them. Can I use an action to try and persuade them? Absolutely. I want to say, look, we don't want any harm here, any harm to be done to any parties. Let's just talk this out. Roll me persuasion. I rolled a 13 for persuasion. He sounds scared of us, doesn't he? Oh, he's scared of us, all right. Let's eat his fucking butt cheeks. It's the orc's turns. You moved up 30 feet. You hear these war cries. As these two giant bellowing orcs pull out great axes and start moving towards you there at a dead sprint, coming towards the the pile of rubble that they saw you get behind. But even with the dash action, they're still 10 feet off. Quinn pulls out his hand crossbow. He's still 30 feet behind you. And yeah. says, he says, oh, fuck no, not today. Not some orcs. Uh, that's a hit. Quinn deals them eight points of damage to one of them. Um, nice. As he gets max damage. He shoots this guy right in the stomach, and he kind of wobbles as Good he's shooting, running. Good shooting, Quinn. Thanks, Mr. Copper. Uh, right on you, though. So these guys are now ten feet away. Ten feet away, you say? Indeed. Indeed. I am not Quinn. <laughs> I, I play Quinn. What am I going to do? Ugh, there's two things that I want to do. I'm going to hold on. Okay. Okay, that one's only targets one person. I'm going to cast fairy fire on the area that they're in. Okay. How each big is object it? in a twenty foot cube. Yeah, each object in a twenty foot cube within range is outlined in blue, green, or violet light. Any creature in the area when the spell is cast is also outlined in light if it fails a dexterity saving throw. So they have to... Make dex saves? Make, make dex saves. They got plus one. Thirteen and a ten. They fail. Both of them fail. So now, any attack roll against an affected creature object has advantage if the attacker can see it. Uh, so I'm going to have them outlined in like a bright violet light. Okay. So that they can easily be spotted by by everyone within the vicinity. And people get an advantage on attacking them? And people get advantage on attacking them, yeah. Yourself included? Myself included. Okay. 
And then, do I have any bonus actions besides healing word? And then I'm going to say to Quinn, I'm going to say, Quinn, you've got this. If there's anyone who I know is capable of defeating these two brutes, it's you. And I'm going to give him bardic inspiration with that. His muscles ripple. His biceps are juicy as he hears that. (laughs) That sounds pretty sexual. These two orcs run opposite the rubble. Uh, In fact, I'll say one of them is just kind of wrapping around it. The other one is moving towards Quinn. He's 40 feet off from Quinn, has 30 feet of movement, but bonus action aggressive lets him move 30 feet towards a hostile creature. So the guy that Quinn shot is running towards him. The guy that he didn't shoot is running towards you. They both make it. Quinn's dude swings. Nat 20. Quinn has 19 HP. And he takes 11 points of damage. As this great axe barrels down, he holds up his, his gauntleted fist, metal on metal, and he feels like a slight break in his arm as it just is jerked downwards. This axe hits him. He cries out in pain. He says, I'm all right, Mr. Copper. I got it under control. He's at 8 HP. This other guy attacks you. And that is an 8 to hit. You duck it down. Doesn't. Great axe into the rubble, just kind of knocking some away. You do a sick roll. It's Quinn's turn. He yells out, Mr. Copper, it's the cock crusher! And he tries to punch this dude right in the cock. With advantage, he hits. And he deals this guy. Nine points of damage. His fist shoots up into this man's testicles, this orc's testicles. They explode upon impact. The orc dies from the pain. I'm proud of you, Quinn. Truly I am. He uh, he calls back and he says, All I know is I'm in the lead now, Mr. Copper. It's your turn. It's my turn? So this orc is like right next to me, right? Yeah, I'm going to say like diagonally adjacent. You just rolled away from his axe slash. Okay, I'm going to look at this orc, and I'm going to say, it was good knowing you for the short while that you were here. And I'm going to cast Thunder Wave on him. And he has to make a constitution saving throw. That is a 17. Okay, he's going to take half damage from this, then. So he's going to take 7 damage. Oof, that was half. Jesus Christ, nice. He is blasted with this sound that kind of ripples up him, and as his arms are thrown back, he brings the axe down towards your head and says, I'm taking this mine for me and my boys. Nat 20. Are those dice weighted? I'm starting to feel... (laughs) I'm telling you they're not. You take 15 points of damage. We have 16. Holy shit. You're knocked down to one. Axe uh, carves down your neck into your shoulder. Uh, blood spews <sighs> as you reel backwards. And this orc feels good. He's just won this fight. Quinn fires. Still has advantage. Oh, well, then I'll try to get a at 20. Didn't happen, but he does hit. Doesn't kill this guy, though. 
He shoots, and the orc hits you into the neck, into the shoulder. You reel back, blood spurting. You look at this guy. A crossbow bolt buries into his head, but doesn't kill him. His right eye kind of goes cockeyed, and he's he, he gonna uh, uh, as he feels this crossbow bolt just kind of dart into his head, but it has not killed him. He looks more like an undead monster now, but he is still an orc, and it is your turn. I am going to. I mean, I really have my dagger to fight with, unless I want to cast another spell, which I kind of don't, considering I only have one spell slot left. So I'm going to pull out... So I'm, I have my dagger in my hand, because I've had it in my hand this whole time. I am going to... Like, I reel back, and I, I, I look like I'm about to die to him, but it's really just a... It's a feint, you know? Right. So then I'm going to, I'm gonna like, jump in and try and stab him right in the throat. Okay. Or really anywhere. And I have advantage, so let me try and get a nat 20. Not that die. That die gave me a nat 1. So they both were 18s to hit. Hits. And then that's going to be... 3 damage. That's exactly what you needed. You bury the knife exactly where you needed it to go. Straight into his Adam's apple. You peel it out just cutting this kind of half crescent into his neck. He gargles, You should have taken your advice, huh? And he falls to the (laughs) ground. (laughs) Dead. Fucking dead. And Quinn says, Ah, Mr. Copper, we're even again. Good work. Let's go the fuck home. (laughs) The two of you say your goodbyes to Dazzlin and Norbus, who, because you just saved them from those two orcish scouts, give you five gold each oh wow what a what a what a generous sum well they don't have that much money dude as <laughs> nice as you head out the I have, cave I have 69 gold just for everyone wondering why i said nice nice you see their horses are still uh, tied to the post to i mean might as well take them Oh, yeah, Mr. Copper. I mean, you know, they're no real fit, you know, show pony, but they're good riding horses, all right. Do you need a small amount? And he says, no, I can I can ride a horse, thanks. Okay, I, I, I trust you. It is a little awkward watching him get on the horse. He takes a few tries to get up on the thing. But once he's on there, he's actually he's actually decent enough at riding the horse. He's not as good as you. You know, you're you're a rich kid. Uh, you've been yeah. riding horses. I, I used to ride horses, you know. When you were his height. Yeah, I definitely asked. I definitely asked Papa for a pony or two. Of as, course, uh, as all children do. Yeah, as the news mogul Ander Copper, of course he can get you. Yeah, of course he can. Uh, the two of you ride back. Quinn kind of looks at you and he says, "Are you going to name your pony, Mister Copper?" Am I going to name it? Yeah, sorry, horse. It's a horse. It's not a pony. I just like calling them ponies because it kind of brings back a childlike wonderment into my eyes. I, you know, I haven't really given it any thought. I, I will. Maybe not right now. Maybe he has to earn his name first. Perfect. Yeah, I'm gonna name mine Roach because I love the Witcher series. <laughs> 
The two of you, uh, that's the thats the name of the horse in The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, just in case you didn't know. Two of you ride back into Fandolin. Arriving back in town, the sun is just now coming up. Because you found horses, it didn't take you, you know, a, a day and a half to get there. You got there much quicker. As you ride into town... How much quicker? Oh, God. All right, you can walk 24 miles a day. I'll say with a horse you can ride... I don't want to say something wrong, and some equestrian tweets at me. <laughs> okay, let's see. That's horse abuse. How many miles can a Are you horse Googling this right now? Yep, walk in a day. Endurance horse. All right, so the average horse is 35 miles a day. Endurance horses are trained specifically to cover distances up to 100 miles in a day. I'm going to say. God damn. I'm going to say 50 miles. You can go 50 miles in a day on this horse. Okay. The two of you ride into town. You're riding, of course, you want to go straight to where you get paid. Town master Harbin Wester's residence, the, the town master's quarters. And there there he is, sure enough, the, the cowardly old big boy, hanging outside with a elven woman who you spot in a cowboy hat, or a cowgirl hat in this case. Uh, and he says, Oh, Mr. Copper, I've been expecting you. Uh, uh, how did it go with the dwarven mind? Did, did you send word for them? I did. They don't want to come back. Bah, Much like humbug. Adabra. Well, it seems that the people you're sending me for don't necessarily want to come back to town. Is there a reason why they wouldn't? No, there's no, no reason at all. Listen. And they're just stubborn. They they prefer profit over safety. Typical. I do not... I guess that makes sense. I, I do not prefer profit over safety. Let me tell you that. That's why I've hired our new sheriff, Inverna Nightbreeze. And this elven woman tips her hat to you. She says, um... I've heard a lot, a lot about you. I tell you what, Mr. Copper, uh, if that's what they like to call you, I'm going to call you Bradley because you're not my superior. You seem to be doing a fine job around here, and I, I think if you're the one that keeps going out, and I'm the one that keeps going in, Fandolin will be just as safe as can be. I uh, reach out to shake her hand, and I say, It is pleasant to meet you. And I, you know, I would have said, It is fine for you to call me Bradley, instead of Mr. Copper, but it is, you know, common courtesy to referred to a stranger by their surname as opposed to their first name. Right, well, uh, we ain't gonna be strangers for long, you know, because we're gonna be working together quite often, it seems. Um, but either way, uh, Bradley, it's good to meet you. I'd say that pleasantries are all yours, absolutely. Uh, and she kind of tips her hat to Quinn, and he 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 tell, he tell can tell that you don't like this, this lady that much, so he doesn't really... He doesn't tip his his hat back. He he's gonna Can follow I... his boss. Oh shit! I for, I forgot I'm wearing a hat. I'm wearing the wizard hat. Yeah, you want to tip I your just hat? Remembered. I don't know how to tip a wizard hat. I can I make an insight check on this? Yeah, uh, sheriff. Absolutely. Just what to you... see, just to see what she's about. Yeah, sure. I'm not I'm not checking like like is she is she suspicious or anything. I just want to get you know because some people they put on airs. You know, I I know that I put on airs, so. That is a nine. She really likes you and thinks that your hat is awesome. She I mean, says, it is uh, a very cool hat. 
there's a there's a quick little dialogue between the the four of you as Harbin Wester pays you and Quinn each twenty five gold for the mission you just went on. Neat. So that's some nice moolah. With that, uh, Bradley, you level up. Nice. Inverna kind of saddles up next to you and just says, um, Now, Bradley, there's uh, there's something I want to talk to you about that uh, I've, I've been back and forth with Town Master Harbin Wester about, and uh, he says, mm, None of this! None of this, Inverna! You don't need to fill his head with this. And she says, No, no, no. Listen. Master Wester here says that this dragon everybody's talking about is the biggest threat that we face right now. Uh, us and Fandolin, of course. And she says, I got sent from Neverwinter because the orcs... Oh, you're from Neverwinter as well? Mm, I don't know if I'm from Neverwinter, but I've been living in Neverwinter for quite some time now. But listen, there's orcs coming down to the lowlands, and, and they're looking to prey on us, uh... Those orcs can overrun Fandolin. They will destroy everything these good people have worked so hard to create. Uh, yes, we did have to fend off a couple of orcs back at the mine. I don't think they were quite... They weren't exactly seeking blood. They more were seeking shelter. Hmm. Well, that is a mystery, then. Um, but if they want shelter and they were willing to storm that mine for it, well, they might push us next. But Fandolin would be a mighty tough nut to crack, but it's not uncrackable. Listen, I'm going to go about town and I'm going to try and figure out the best way I can fortify this place from any orcs. Um, she says, you know, all, all people deserve safety. But then again, orcs ain't people. She, uh... I, she gets a little pop-up at the corner of her screen that says, uh, Bradley will remember that. Okay. She tips her hat to you. As she walks off, you see that there is a distinct brand on her face. What does it look like? Uh, it, it looks just like kind of sorts of intricate squirrels. Uh, mm -hmm. go, go ahead and make me a history check. History? Yeah. Give me one moment. I rolled a five. You have no idea what the brand is. Now, quick note for the DMs listening. Inverna is actually a sidekick provided in the adventure that someone could pick. But I, I liked having this sort of sheriff figure uh, for what's to come. Um, it doesn't make sense that Bradley would be the only... Well, Bradley and Quinn would be the only two people in this town that can actually fend for themselves. So, uh, and, and it, yeah, that wouldn't, that wouldn't make too much sense. Right. And it, and it mentions that the people of Fandolin are hardy people and they can fend for themselves, but uh, having the sheriff figure kind of, kind of helps back that up. So, so I made Inverna this sort of interesting sidekick, the, the sheriff. I, Master Wester, it oh. has been yes, uh, a you, pleasure. Suddenly you see that he's like already inside and he's like oh. talking through to you through the crack of this door. Yes, yes, what is what is I was going to say it has been a pleasure 
I think I'm just going to go back to the inn now. I am bruised and battered, and I need some rest. Yes, yes, of course, that's that's perfect. If, uh, if you, uh, need anything, please just, uh, don't hesitate. Right now there's no, uh, jobs on the job board, if, um, so perhaps you should... I've, I've noticed there aren't any jobs on the job board. So, uh, if, if, if you, if you have something you want to go do, run an errand of some sort, perhaps now's the time to do so. Good day, and he closes the door. Let's head back to the inn, Quinn. Quinn nods, and the two of you walk back to the Stonehill Inn. When you walk in, Toblin uh, kind of smiles at you and he says, Ah, just the man I've been looking for. Uh, Master Copper, this is my beautiful better half, Trilena. And this older woman, uh, they kind of look like, if I was going to compare them to any characters for, for the mind's eye, they look like the, the Weasley parents. Uh, and, and Trilena kind of smiles, and she says, Oh, Mr. Copper, I have heard great things about you, sire. Um, I, I am so grateful that you've been putting on shows. You're really helping the business of the inn, you know. I do all that I can. I am truly humbled to be able to work here. This is an incredible place. I am just trying to make it as beautiful as it truly is. She kind of smiles, and she touches your head, and she said, God smile upon you for that, Mr. Copper. That is just... I mean... Uh, she's turning southern suddenly. Uh, she says... I, 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 yeah, you can't, you're, you're turning everybody southern all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, she says... Uh, I, I, I'm so... Uh, very thankful for that. Um, I, I want you to know that... Uh, perhaps you didn't know this, uh, but I run the post for Fandolin. And, and in fact, I have a letter for you here. And she passes you a letter, and it is addressed to you. And it is from your dad. From my father? Yes, Andrew Copper. Oh, how exciting. I wonder what he wants to... I wonder what he's going to say. He says, uh, let me do my best Anderson Cooper impersonation. <laughs> Fires rage across Oregon. <laughs> 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 Bradley, your mother and I miss you very much. She and I are well, as is your brother Sly. He seems to be bringing in a lot of his own money recently. He always had a bit of a business acumen, didn't he? Let's hope you're making your own way through the world too, son. I fear for what the life of, in quotes, and you don't like that it's in quotes, an adventurer might hold. Just in case there's danger along your path, your mother decided to get you this. Be safe, son. Love, Dad. And in this letter, there's a small ring. It is a ring of protection. And that is going to offer you a plus one bonus to your AC. Nice. I I definitely need that. Trilena says, uh, she says, Master Copper, if, uh, if you'd like to write a return to your father, please do. I'm actually heading out towards Neverwinter uh, today, and I, I could deliver it for you. I don't, but thank you. Quinn kind of looks at you and he says, Mr. Copper, you ain't got a, a reply to your dear old dad? No news is good news, as they say. All right. Trilena kind of nods at that, and she takes her leave. I do need to go get rest, Um, I say, as as the wound that's on my shoulder opens back up and starts bleeding again. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course, Master Cop. Uh, you go I know on... it is just morning, but i very tired. <laughs> uh, yes, of course. You, you sleep on through, and uh, 
I'll see you when you wake. Quinn kind of follows you upstairs and, and he says, um, Mr. Copper, I, d I don't want to push this too much because it's your own private life, but, you know, I never knew my dad. And if I could, and if I knew that the days ahead were uncertain, I'd write him a letter just to, uh, just to tell him I'm all right. So I'm it, going to write my father eventually. Don't you worry. I do love him, and I do respect him, though he doesn't seem to respect me. I just... There are things that I want to say that I'm not quite certain how to say just yet. I need some time to mull over them and just think. No, I hear that. I hear that, Mr. Cropper. Right, well, you rest easy. I'm also going to go take a quick, na quick nappy and, uh... Yes, you definitely... You definitely deserve one as well. He says, I'll see you in the, uh... The prescribed eight hours of a long rest. I'm probably going to sleep until next... Until tomorrow, I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you. Perfect. So you're, you're sleeping through the, through the day. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I'd want to do is go to that lighthouse, and I don't feel like I would want to go to that lighthouse at night time. Right, right, absolutely. Well, you sleep for hours upon hours. You wake up at times and you kind of think to yourself, oh my gosh, I can keep sleeping. And if that's not one of the best feelings in the world, I don't know what it is. So you just put your head back on your pillow, fall back asleep. When you finally do wake in the morning, there is um, a present for you sitting next to your bed. Uh, it's got a little bow on it, and you know exactly who it's from. Quinn has bought you a hand crossbow, just like his. That little piece of... Ugh. What a good friend. As you get up, you uh, you get to eat some, some grits and bacon and sausage, and you, you kind of break them all up and put them in your grits. And uh, Bradley's a savory, savory grits guy. I know he is. Yeah, I mean I am too. So, yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't I do sugar, sugar and grits. Like. I don't get that. Uh, yeah, I'm not about it. Like I used to. This is completely. This is a, definitely a tirade. Um, grits I used tirade. to put like butter and cheese and salsa in my grits, and that was like mwah. salsa. It was, it was good. Yeah, it was good too. No butter and cheese, perfect. But I've never tried salsa. But I'm not. I'm not knocking you. That sounds good. And, ooh, and it, you're not going to like this. I would also put sour cream. Um. <laughs> I hate sour cream. You and Quinn head out, and he says, uh, he says, glad I, glad I could get that for you, Mr. Copper. I do appreciate it. Where to, Quinn? Well, uh, no jobs posted. Uh, I, I think there might be a bit of treasure that we've, we've got to see about, don't you? I believe so. I also... I have somewhere that I need to... I have something that I need to get first. Yeah, anything. What, what do you gotta go? Do. I want to go to the, the town blacksmith, if that's alright. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Alright, good. Good. You head over to the Lion Shield Coster. It is this 
big building, this lion shield crest on it. Hanging above the front door of this modest trading post is a sign shaped like a wooden shield with a blue lion painted on it. As you walk in, this hardy-looking woman with this long, straight brown hair walks over to you and she says, Oi, what is it? What do you need? Hello, I am in the need of a new weapon. She she nods and she says, Oi, you're, you're Bradley Copper, ain't ya? Yes, I am. I, I saw Glad you to know my reputation precedes me. I, I I saw you perform the other night. Uh I, I've been dancing. I like that. That was good. Uh, uh, yes. Yes, it is a good song, isn't it? It's a it's I a very to it many, I hope anyone listening now has listened to it many, many times. It can be found as it has on, officially come out. On spot it's on Spotify. You can listen to it. Uh I've been dancing. She says, Anyway, uh pleasure to meet you, Max Hedman. Uh Bradley Copper. My name is uh Lenine Greywind. And uh she she kind of gives you a a firm handshake. Uh, she says, "What what are you looking for? What what do you need made?" Well, normally I use a mace, or I have been using a mace. It has been passed down uh, to me from my uh, father, who had it specially made for me. So I shouldn't say passed down. I should say my father had it specially made for me. He, my um. And I, I would like a new one, but I also, I'm starting to feel maybe I want to try something new. Right, right. Well, I mean, look at your wee little arms. You know, you don't have much muscle on you, so a mace might be hard to swing. I mean, I haven't enough muscle. Mm. I don't. What, what, what really is enough, you know? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, to each their own. Um, she says, "Well, uh, I mean, I, I could make you a mace. I could make you a rapier. I could make you a scimitar, a short sword, a trident, a war pick, a whip, a halberd, a lance, a great sword, a great axe, a glaive, a flail, a battle axe. I could make you a pair of nunchakus. W- whatever you fancy, Mister Copper, I could be making it for you." Why don't you surprise me? All right. Um, well, I'll be needing uh, 25 gold. And I'll, I'll make you a fine weapon indeed. Excellent. All right. She, uh, she informs you that it's not going to be ready until tomorrow. I mean, that's fine. I still have my dagger and I still have my you know spells and stuff so and now a new new hand crossbow and a new hand crossbow you're right perfect well then uh quinn says mr copper is there anything else you need to be taken care of right now in town no all right well let's take roach and your unnamed pony and let's uh let's definitely what if so here's my idea say it gets a bit treacherous out on the road would it not be better for us to share a horse so and, that way and we have still a backup have horse. one when we come back? Perfect. No, I, I like it. Uh, um, and I'll tell you this right now, Mr. Copper, I am comfortable enough with my masculinity that I don't have to sit side saddle. I will let you straddle me all the way there. I was 
I was rather thinking that I would be the one leading the horse. Oh, yes, no, of course, Mr. Crawford. That's, that makes perfect sense because you're taller than me, so I won't be able to see anything. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Okay, I'm glad we've got that figured out. <laughs> <laughs> the two of you mount Roach, uh, Quinn in the back, begrudgingly, and <laughs> you head due west towards the coast uh, where you've heard this this lighthouse, this tower of storms awaits you. Tower of storms? That's not... That's not what she called it. <laughs> she just said it was a lighthouse. It has a name. <laughs> uh, what? Anyway, you <laughs> you head that way. And sure enough, uh, Roach was able to get there uh, towards the coast in a, in a reasonable amount of time. You pass, not really passing Adabra Gwen's uh, windmill, but but you're... You're, like, north of it, so you know that this is sort of the way you came. You're kind of hoping she's all right, maybe not as uh, mean as you once saw her be. Eventually, (laughs) uh, you know that the the western shore of of Faerun, of the Sword Coast, or, or just the Sword Coast in general, is much like the Pacific Coast, and then it's very cliffy, rocky. Uh, it's not, It's. it doesn't gently slope to the ocean. It's kind of like cliffs everywhere. Yeah, it you, kind of just like juts down. Exactly. You and Quinn and Roach arrive uh, at this cliff. And below the high cliff that hugs the coastline, an outcropping of rock is nearly surrounded by water, with only a narrow causeway connecting it to the beach below. Atop this outcropping is a stone building surmounted by a lighthouse tower. An eerie green light pulses from this beacon, shining westward out to sea. With each green pulse of light, you hear the thump of a slow-beating heart. Quinn kind of looks That's down. That's a bit ominous, isn't it? Quinn says, uh, I don't like it at all. Uh, I'll be completely honest. And he says, uh, I'll tell you what else I don't like. It doesn't look like it's easy to get down there. Uh, and he kind of No, points. it definitely looks like we'll need to climb. Um... Perhaps we can do the opposite of what we did when we went to Nomengard, in that instead of you climbing up with the rope, we tie a rope up at the top and then climb down it. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. No, I, I like that quite a bit. Um, you have uh, you have some rope there, Mr. Copper? I believe I do. Let me check my bag. As you look for that, Quinn's going to make a perception check, which I just rolled another nat 20 on. He says, um, Mr. Copper, there's actually, it looks like there's a footpath. Oh, uh, well, that's good, because I actually don't have any rope at all. <laughs> uh, he, he ties Roach up real quick at the top of the cliff, and the two of you begin to descend along these cliffs. On the causeway, uh, as you're walking down, you see what looks to be a giant crab and it's it's pincer kind of moves make me an animal handling check an animal handling check yeah i think i'm good at that actually quinn rolled one and he rolled like dog shit did he yeah i'm gonna roll i'm not saying what don't know why i said i'm gonna roll i am rolling animal handling i also rolled like dog shit oh what'd you roll 
I rolled a three plus three, so six. Six. Quinn got a six too. He says, "Uh, does that crab mean us harm, Mister Copper? Because if it does, I'll I'll shoot it right now." I mean, it hasn't tried to attack us yet. Let's get closer. Let's see. The two of you continue down this this narrow path until you finally reach sea level. You're at the base of this causeway. The crab just kind of lifts its pincer, and it almost looks like it's waving at you. I'm gonna wave back at it. Uh, its eyes kind of blink in, in random spots, and it says, "It says, uh, oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you didn't shoot at me because, uh, it's terrible. They're always shooting at me." You know, your kind. I have to jump into the sea all the time. Oh, sorry. Talking crab. Hello. Good to meet you. Yeah. No, uh, I'm a crab that talks. Quinn looks at you and says, Mr. Copper, uh, that crab is quite literally talking to us. Are we sure we're not hallucinating right he, now? He pinches, this... your, he pinches your ass hard. Oh, uh, don't, I kind of liked that. Don't know why. <laughs> Uh, I guess, yeah, I guess we're not... Dreaming. You're not You're not dreaming, no. And he kind of scuttles over to you sideways. He says, hi, how's, how's it going? I see that you've come to my causeway. This is your causeway? Do you what? own this land? No, 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 I don't really own this land. I mean, my master owns this land, and, but she's, uh, she's dead. <laughs> um, uh, well, oh, I guess she doesn't really own it, does she? Well, she kind of does, because she's, you know, still stuck here in phantom form. Quite spooky. <laughs> um, her name's Mural. She's a sea elf. You know, pretty cool. Is she the one causing this weird green light from the lighthouse? Uh, no. No, 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 no. Uh, that would be that, that, that half-orc punk who killed her. Yeah, killed my master. You know, not cool of him at all, but, um, whatever. Yeah, there's a half orc up there. I I don't know anything about that. Listen, would you would you be willing to help me? I could give you some information. Sure, I'm always willing to help. Uh, I guess anyone in you, need. You can call me Doesn't a crab. I mean, I, be just a person. I am a crab, you know, if the shoe fits. Uh, what you're looking at is this long causeway, and it leads towards this just kind of jutting small island. So it's just like a, a trail that. Along is along the water, leads to this little island. The island kind of steeps up, and then on top of this kind of jagged island, there's a lighthouse. Yeah. Uh, you also kind of looking at this causeway. Make me a nature check. Nature check. Okie dokie. Ten. Uh, that's good Both enough. Both of the dice I've picked today have sucked. This causeway will completely disappear at high tide. You know it's low tide right now, and the causeway is still wet. So at high tide, it probably washes out. Um, the crab points towards the island and says, Up there, there are some bad, mean harpies. Uh, evil harpies. They nest right at that outcropping over there. He says, You should also know there's sharks in the water. The one you should fear the most is a mean old brute. His name's Daggermaw. He'll bite your head off. And he'll take pleasure in it. But you should also know, five sharks sh can feel pleasure. I'm a crab, and I can feel pleasure. Well, yes, I guess that is true. You are talking to me right now. I shouldn't be 
so surprised. Mr. Copper, it's a world of magic. I mean, come on. Get woke, sis. I mean, there has to be some sort of... There has to be some sort of boundary between magical and mundane, shouldn't there? I don't know, Mr. Copper. Just listen to what the crab's got to say. I'm listening to the crab. The crab says, There are uh, five shipwrecks. They're spread all around the rocks beneath the lighthouse, and uh, I'd be willing to fetch you treasure from one of those wrecks if you're willing to help me. I mean, certainly. What do you need help with? Well, um, I told you about me, Rawl, right? She's my master. She she gave me the ability to talk, and um, she uh, she's in a cave over there, but she's bound to the cave. You know, she can't leave. Her spirit's bound to the cave. And if you could help me put her to rest, well, that would just mean the world to me, and, and of course to her, and uh, then, yeah, I'll go get you treasure. What do you believe would... See, my first thought to help put her to rest is to kill the one who killed her. Well, but it's never that simple, is it? I mean, why don't you just go talk to her? She's just in that cave right over there, and he points to like a little cave outcropping in the causeway uh, that also looks like it would go underwater when the tide rises. He says she's in there. Um, you know, just go speak to her. And how long yeah. until high tide? Oh, you've got hours. I mean, come on, oh, okay, hours. That's fine. Sure, yeah. Go, yeah, just go talk to her. Yeah, I'm. I'm more than willing to. Um, come, Quinn. Uh, let's go talk to this. Elf ghost. <laughs> Quinn says, I'm quite scared of ghosts, Mr. Copper, but I am willing to, to go do this. Rough-hewn steps climb a seven-foot-high tunnel that passes all the way through a 30-foot-tall natural pillar of rock. A damp eight-foot... Hey, what's the sky look like? I'm imagining it's dark and cloudy. Oh, it is dark and cloudy. Rain, lightning bolts off in the distance, spooky scary, and you, you get a shiver just from looking at the sky. There are these eight-foot-high caves, or one eight-foot-high cave encrusted uh, with lichen, and it's connected to the tunnel. You actually notice that at high tide, this cave would probably get wet, but would not be uh, underwater. As, okay. you, as you walk in, instantly, purple energy starts to swirl around the cave, and a banshee Maral, who you've heard of, manifests. She looks like a ghostly elf, but she has these gills, these webbed hands, and these webbed feet. And she has these spectral purple garments that kind of sway along her cerulean body. She looks at you, and she says, <gasps> What brings you to my cave? Your Maral, yes? Your... <gasps> Yes, that's my name. Your crab, <laughs> I didn't catch his name. He has no he name, he's a dumb creature, but he's a faithful servant. That's, that's, okay. <laughs> Sorry, that got me off guard. I don't need to name um, him. Never did, never will. He has no name. Ooh. He wants us to help put your spirit to rest. What do you, what could, what could we do to achieve that? Well, the one who killed me, he's a disgusting half-orc. I hate orcs, and I hate anyone who would lay with an orc, so I hate half-orcs. He killed me, his name is Mosko, and he has my spellcasting focus, a beautiful conch. Bring me the conch as a trophy, and in return... 
I will rest my spirit. Do you just get to choose that? It doesn't just automatically happen. I just have a feeling that's what's gonna happen. Ooh. Uh, here's my question: What happens if the conch accidentally gets destroyed in the middle of combat? If the conch is destroyed, then I shall destroy you. Ooh. I'll rip your balls off. Get me the conch. That's all I ask. And in return, I'll do nothing for you. Fair enough. Um, can do. I let's go, Quinn. Perfect. Uh, this wasn't as spooky as I thought it would be. <laughs> he, I, you know, ghosts really are just misunderstood. I believe. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Just like criminals. Yes, just like criminals. Uh, the two of you walk out of this cave, and you begin towards the lighthouse. You look back, and the crab. He can't really, he doesn't have thumbs, but you can tell he's kind of giving you a thumb up <laughs> with his smaller pincer. Good luck, guys. You move towards this lighthouse. And as you do... I want to stop Quinn really quick. All right. And I want to say... You know, I've been thinking. With my near brush with death, and then my almost near brush with death. And I really think... If we're going into combat, I should be in the back. Wouldn't you agree? I think you're more well-suited to going head in, you know, fists up. And I think I would definitely be better, more well-suited to taking them from afar, if that makes sense. No, Mr. Cover, that's great. Whatever whatever you think is best is, is perfect. Well, I also want to know your opinion. Well, my opinion is uh, I'm just as flesh and bone as you are, but um, I also think that uh, I am a bit tougher than you. No offense. Um, so I mean, yeah, you definitely are. You, we've we have proven that uh, scientifically. Yeah, no, I mean that, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I'll go in. Why not? Fantastic. He says. Uh, speaking of which, um, looks like there's a uh, tree harpies dis- descending on us right now. Uh, you turn your eyes to the sky. A flash of lightning streaks across the clouds, dark, the harpies, crazy looking, their wings expand. You hear a, and I need you and Quinn to roll initiative. Modular is Thorin George as Bradley Copper, and Luke Job is our DM. The story you heard today, as well as 99% of the characters, were created by Wizards of the Coast and can be found in the module Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. Our music today was written and performed by Max Hedman. You can find Max's music anywhere you listen to music, and you can find his website link in the description of this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at ModThePod, join our private Facebook group at the Modular Podcast Fan Club, Follow us on Instagram at The Modular Podcast, and subscribe to us on YouTube at The Modular Podcast. Here's a quick shout-out to Grant Murray, Molly Richardson, and Matt Dye, who all follow us on our Instagram. Thanks for following us. Thank you for being good fans and good friends. If you want a shout-out, maybe you should follow us too. Also, please share with your family, your friends, your dog, your commander, your lord that you serve diligently, anyone. 
New episodes come out every Tuesday, and until then, thank you for listening to Modular.